Welcome to the Gateway Baptist Church Podcast. We're crying out the prayer that the church has prayed for centuries. Come, Holy Spirit. Subscribe for new messages each week and visit gatewaybaptist.com.au to join us as we seek to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. How are we this morning? Who's ready for God to move? Who wants God to move today and not wait for Move Conference in July? Come on, who wants God to move in our hearts and our minds today? I, I believe God is stirring something, not just here in our church, but, uh, you know, right, right around the world. You know, I've just loved seeing the reports of what, you know, God is doing in the university, uh, over in the States as people just worshipping God, hungry uh, for the presence of God. If you haven't seen what you know, God is doing at the Asprey Revival, then uh, just Google it when you get home. Be encouraged with what God is doing. I believe God is moving here in uh, this church. Church. And I actually believe what is going to happen down the front here this morning as we lay hands on one another and pray for one another will be really significant for a bunch of people here this morning. If you're online, you can be part of this too. You might need to grab somebody in your lounge room and lay hands on one another. Let someone know in the, uh, in the chat you'd like someone to pray for you. But, but I believe God is going to move. He's going to minister to us by His Spirit. Come on, let's pray for that right now. God, would you come by your spirit, come and move in our hearts and minds as we open your word. God, would you put faith in our hearts? God, would you, would you speak to us? Give us your, fill our mind with your thoughts, with your truth. God, would you, would you move us from where we are to where you want us to be by the power of your Holy Spirit? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, who received a good gift on Tuesday? Anyone receive a good gift on Tuesday? Anyone receive a romantic, cuddly kind of gift on Tuesday? Hands up. Anyone get a romantic, cuddly? There's about one and a half of you. Uh, anyone get a shiny, sparkly little gift on Tuesday? Nobody's no romance in this room whatsoever. Anybody get flowers from the servo on Tuesday? Come on, hands up. If you got flowers from the servo, it's a great Valentine's gift. If you haven't done it before, give it a try uh, next year. How many of you right now, just the, the pennies just dropped. That is why my spouse hasn't spoken to me for the last five days. I totally forgot it was Valentine's Day on Tuesday. You know, it's, it's good to get given a good gift from somebody who loves us. When someone who loves us gives us a good gift, it, it brings us joy. It, it's a, it, people give us gift to bless us. You know, people give us, you know, gifts to express their love for us. It's good to be given a good gift from someone who loves you. I want to encourage us as we open God's word this morning that we have a God in heaven who loves us and has given every single one of us a good gift that is not just good for us, but it's actually a good gift that's been given to us by the Holy Spirit that's actually good for others, actually bring joy and blessing to others. 
Let's read a little bit about it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 1. It says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, notice this is for men and for women, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit at work within them. There's different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There's different kinds of service, but the same Lord There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, in everyone, everyone say everyone. It is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given the Spirit, a message of wisdom, through the Spirit, a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He distributes them to each one just as He determines. The Holy Spirit has given you a good gift for the good of others. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. You couldn't work it up uh, within you. It's a gift of grace. The actual word that we translate spiritual gifts is the word charismata. It comes from the word uh, charis, which means grace. And charismata is simply the plural. It's manifestations or gifts of grace. You see, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ as, as Lord and Saviour, you were given the gift of salvation. And when you received that gift of salvation you, that you couldn't earn, you couldn't deserve, it was freely given to you by Jesus, the Holy Spirit came to live in you. The Holy Spirit regenerated your heart and your life. It made you new, gave you new life in, in God that Jesus came to give us. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead came to live in you. And when the Holy Spirit came in you, He gave you a gift. Or He gave you many gifts. And it's a gift of grace. You didn't earn it. You can't deserve it. You can't work for it. You can ask for more, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But you were given a good gift for the good of others. And it's a spiritual gift or it's a supernatural gift. It's not something that you can humanly work for to attain. And it's a gift that's been given to a flawed person, a broken person. God's not waiting for you to have it all together until you use your gift for the good of others. That's what the Holy Spirit's always done. The Holy Spirit's always given good gifts to, to serve others for the good of others. In the Old Testament, certain people, certain times, certain tasks 
Tim talked last week how the day of Pentecost, all of that changed because of what Jesus did on the cross in taking away our sin, the barrier between us and a holy God. The temple curtain in the temple was torn in two. We were able to approach the throne of grace with confidence and the Holy Spirit was poured out on all people, young and old, men and, and women. And didn't just give certain people good gifts to do certain tasks, but everyone, all people, Spirit of God within us, given a good gift to use for the good of others. Even if you've only been to church or Sunday school once in your life, you know the story of Samson. Samson had a gift. It was a good gift. What was Samson's gift? Come on, what was Samson's gift? He was strong. He had a gift of incredible strength. And if you look at any kid's Bible and you open it up to the story of Samson, you know, he kind of looks like this. He's always got his shirt off, biceps bulging, muscles rippling, and he's, he's tearing lions apart or he's defeating armies. If you do a Google search on modern day depictions of Samson, he looks like this. The incredible thing is, when you actually read the story of Samson, nobody could work out why he was so strong. If Samson looked like that, there's no secret. This guy's been drinking protein shakes, pumping himself with roids and horse blood and going to the gym twice a day, every day. There's no secret, you know, to his strength. I actually think Samson looked like this. <laughs> See, Samson looked like this. Everyone would be scratching their head going, how does this guy have such incredible strength? And we see in Judges 14, it says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson powerfully so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands. And we see Samson using his gift of strength, says time and time again, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. It was a gift and gave him strength. And if you read the story of Samson, I don't have time to go into it this morning, you will know he was a flawed character. This was a gift given in grace. It was a supernatural gift given to a flawed person. You know, God's given me a good gift to be used for the good of others. God's given me a, a gift to, to lead and to teach the Bible and to, you know, to, to help people discover the, you know, the truth of Jesus and follow them with, uh, with all of his heart, with all their hearts. And if you knew me growing up, before I, I stepped into this ministry role at 21 years of age, you would know that this is not a natural gift. In fact, I this is the last thing I thought I'd be doing. But as I surrendered my life to Christ, God put new passions in my heart and he put new power within me to serve him. It's a supernatural gift. It's a good gift and I'm a flawed person. I was back then and I am today. 
29 years later, I still don't know how to pack the dishwasher correctly. And every time Susan tells me how, I storm out of the kitchen in a huff. Very mature. I'm a flawed person. And yet God has chosen to give me a gift of grace. It's a supernatural gift and it's not a natural gift. And I want to encourage you today, God doesn't just give gifts of his spirit for people to stand on a stage and to do what I do. It's why he goes to extreme lengths in the Bible to say, everyone, Everyone, brothers and sisters, has been given a gift, a manifestation of God's grace for the common good. One spirit, and he's given everybody at least one gift. You've been given a good gift for the, gift, for the good of others. So how do you discover what that gift is? You know, when I first started out in ministry, first thing I ever did was, uh, was a teacher at Sunday school. And we had a Sunday school superintendent, and it sounds scary. She was scary. She says, these are the rules. One week, you have to do the craft. One week, you have to lead the singing. And one week, you have to tell the Bible story. First week, it was the story of the Garden of Gethsemane. I racked my brain all week. And at about 7.30 Sunday morning, I flew out the door of my parents' house and I just got as many sticks and leaves out of the garden as I could, put them in a plastic bag, grabbed a, a packet of white photocopy paper and about four rolls of sticky tape. And I said, here you go, kids. Stick some leaves on some paper with some sticky tape. It's the Garden of Gethsemane. <laughs> Week two, it got worse. I had to lead the singing and it was at a time before we had fancy projectors like this. It was a time before our church could even afford an overhead projector for the, the kids' ministry. And so all of the words were on bits of cardboard. Kids had to hold them up. And th this morning, I, I asked Ryan to come and hold up the paper. And he had a big smile on his face. He was so excited, holding up the words. And we were singing, stand up and shout it if you love my Jesus. Sit down and whisper if you love my Lord. I'm halfway through the song and I couldn't remember when I was supposed to be standing up and sitting down and I'm singing the whole thing in B flat. It sounded awful and I wasn't sure that I still love the Lord. And when it couldn't, when I didn't think it could get any worse, Jono, who's sitting in the front row, leaned forward and pulled Ryan's pants down <laughs> to his ankles and he's not wearing any undies. And the poor, the poor kid, he doesn't know what what to do. He's taking his job seriously. He doesn't know how to cover himself and keep sing singing the words. There's girls crying and I knew I definitely didn't love the Lord anymore. <laughs> Week three, it was my turn to tell the story and it was pretty awful, but somewhere in the midst of it, I just felt the power of God alive within me. And I went to the Sunday school superintendent and I said, new rule, I'm never doing craft again. I'm never leading the singing again. But I'll tell the story as often as you want me to. And I've been telling stories about Jesus ever since. Sometimes to discover your gift, this doesn't sound super spiritual, you just got to have a go and just see, you know, what God does. 
Now, the gift that God has given me, it is supernatural. It is not natural. I'm nervous every single time I stand up to speak, but every single time I sense the power of the living God within me, giving me passion and courage to do what God's called me to do and to speak his words. Can I encourage you? Have a go. Discover what your gift might be. We've actually created an excellent resource that that Tim talked about before. I believe this is going to be a resource, not just for this week, not just for this series, but for years to come. Make sure you go home. Take this card home with you. Follow the QR code. Follow the link. If you're online, it'll all come up online as well. On there is a spiritual gifts test, discovery test that you can do to discover what your gift might be. There is a podcast we've created for every single individual spiritual gift that we can think of or find in the Bible. And you can listen and and, and learn about how to use that gift. And there's a whole list of different ways that you can serve in the local church to see the church grow and flourish by using that gift. Have a go, people. Jump on to this resource and see what God might do. You see, once you've discovered your gift, you've got to use your gift. 1 Peter chapter 4, it says this. Each of you should use, everyone say use. Use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You've got to use your gift. You see, there's some joy in discovering your gift, you know, if you get, you get a gift like this, you kind of, you know, even before you use it, you kind of know what you got. You know, you, you kind of know you've, you've got a, a tennis racket, but to, to actually, you know, perfect your serve, you've got to unwrap it and start to use it. Who remembers growing up getting gifts that look like this? Everyone over 50 in the room. I used to get a lot of these growing up, but do you know the very first one I got when I was nine years of age? It's actually wrapped up in this paper right now. I still got it. The village people, you can't stop the music. <laughs> I got no idea why I wanted that at nine years of age, but it's fun to stay at the YMCA. Come on, some of you have got this album at home too. But, There's some joy in discovering the gift that you've got. But unless you actually open it and start to use it, the joy kind of dwindles. It's not that good for others that God's given it to you for. So Peter says to the early church, you've got to use your gift. And he goes on to explain why using your gift is so important. I think this next verse might be important for someone. If anyone speaks, verse 11, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. There's a confidence in the gift. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that, this is the important bit, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This is important. Your gift 
is not given to you so people will look at you and think that you are great. Your gift has been given to you so that when you use it, people will look at Jesus and see that he is great, that he will be praised forever and ever, that God would be glorified on the earth because people use their gift faithfully, because people serve faithfully. What can happen in a fairly big church and in a very big broken world, we can look at the little gift that we've been given and think, does it really matter? Does it really make a difference? Can my little gift really make a big difference, make any difference in this big broken world? I want to encourage you with what Peter is saying in this passage. Your gift may seem small, but it is a part of the revelation of God's infinite glory in the world. As small as your gift might seem, it is a part of God's revelation of his infinite glory in the world. You see, if your gift is serving, then you can do a whole bunch of practical tasks. Or if your gift is administration or helps, you can do tasks that are actually going to help people see that God cares about their needs. If your gift is a gift of prophecy, you can help others hear God's heart and voice for their lives and for their church when they can't hear it for themselves. If your gift is teaching, you can help others recognize destructive lies that they believe and, and, and hear how to live in the truth and be set free by the truth. If your gift is encouraging, you can give others courage to fulfill their purposes in God's eternal plan. If your gift is a gift of giving and it seems small in this big broken world, you can finance ministries that are going to help others see the goodness of God both locally and globally. If your gift is leadership, you can inspire and equip teams of others to actually do what they would never dream of doing on their own. If your gift is mercy, you can help others see the loving kindness of God in their desperate moment of need. If your gift is wisdom, you can unlock eternal truth and eternal wisdom when people are living in a state of chaos and confusion. If your gift is healing or miracles or, or faith, you can help others see the power of God and see be set free from pain and disease in Jesus' name. If your gift is evangelism, you can help others see the power of God and be set free from sin and shame for all eternity. Together, as we all use our little gift, we actually help people see the body of Christ. We help people see Jesus in the world, who is the one who can actually heal them in body, mind, and soul, who is the hope of the world. Your gift might be small, in a big broken world. But together, as the body of Christ, as we all use our little gift, God is glorified. Jesus is praised. And the infinite revelation of God is seen in the world. Can I hear an amen this morning? Just do your little bit. Just use the gift God's given you. You know, some of the reasons I think people don't use the gift that God has given them. Firstly, sometimes we're uninformed. And that's why Paul, 
under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes 1 Corinthians 12. The, the first verse says, I do not want you to be uninformed. And so for the next 31 verses, I'm going to tell you why, how these gifts work, how you get them and how you should use them. And maybe you've been uninformed and this resource is just going to be really, really helpful for you. Or maybe today you'd actually need a revelation from God. You actually need to just come down the front later and say, God, I need you to tell me what my gift is. I've got no idea. Don't be uninformed. I'd say there's a whole bunch of us here this morning. I would say this is the biggest category of us here this morning. And I know this isn't a real word, but they all had to start with un. Unconfident. Maybe just un unconfident. You know, you see so clearly your flaws that it's hard to believe you could really be filled with the power of God. God wants you to grow in confidence that he always uses flawed, imperfect people because if he didn't, he's got no one to use. I tell you how you grow in confidence. A bunch of things, but two simple things I want you to remember today. To grow in confidence in the gift that God has given you. Prayer and practice. Prayer and practice. We're going to pray for a bunch of people this morning. I just open yourself up to God. Let people pray for you. Lay hands on you. Listen to what um, Paul says to uh, Timothy. He says this. Verse 14, chapter 4, he says, Do not neglect your gift which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. See, he actually received a gift through prayer and he's pointing him back to it in a difficult time and saying, remember what you received in prayer and then keep practicing so that people will keep seeing progress. You actually, you get confident in the gift that God has given you through prayer and through practice. Some of us may be unmotivated. You're thinking, my little gift can't make a big difference. I hope that you've seen today, or I hope God has implanted in your heart today that when everybody uses their little gift, Jesus gets praised and God gets glorified. And lastly, some of us, and this hurts a little bit, some of us are unfaithful with our gift. Maybe you actually do know what your gift is. And you've used it in the past. But either you've been hurt by others, you've been discouraged by some, maybe you've gotten really busy or really lazy, or maybe just the things of this world have got a whole lot more important than the things of God. But you actually know what your gift is, but right now you're just not being faithful with that gift. You see, these gifts are gifts of grace. It's given to you. You've received it. It's received by grace, but each of these gifts are activated by faith. You've actually got to step out in faith and say, this gift that God has given me can be used for the good of others. I'm going to activate it by faith. I'm going to use it in some way. And some of us today, we've just got to be really honest and say, I've gotten unfaithful with this gift. And I need to activate it. 
God, come and fill me with your power. You've got to use your gifts for them to be useful to others and different gifts are to be celebrated and not compared. Come on, which is, which is the better gift? When you look at it, you kind of think, you know, maybe the big one would be better. But you take away the other gift. What are you going to do with it? Other than play air guitar to your village people, LP. <laughs> There's nothing you can do unless you receive the other gift as well. This gift might be small, but at least without this, you can still kind of bounce it or chuck it at someone. And this is what Paul says, if you keep reading through 1 Corinthians 12, he says, come on, the ear can't say to the foot, I don't need you. You know, the, 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 it was actually the ear and the mouth, I think. The hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. And the ear can't say to the mouth and the nose, I don't need you. Every single part of the body is important. All of the different gifts need to be celebrated. You can't, one won't be actually uh, effective without the other. They're not to be compared, but they're all to be celebrated. Listen to what he says towards the end of that uh, passage in 1 Corinthians 12. He says, There should not be any division in the body, but its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. We know that's true in our physical bodies right now. I got a bung rotator cuff in my shoulder, and it's my shoulder that hurts. But it's affected my whole body because it keeps waking me up in the middle of the night and I don't sleep. One part suffers, every part suffers with it. One part rejoices, the whole body rejoices. You see, the people in Corinth actually didn't need encouragement to use their gifts. They actually needed encouragement that everybody else's gift was important. Their services have become a circus. They're all trying to use their gifts at the same time. They're all trying to compete with one another, saying, hey, my gift's more important than your gift. And Paul's saying, no, every gift is important. Every gift is needed and every gift should be celebrated. Little challenge for us today. Before you walk back out those doors or before you jump offline this morning, encourage someone with a different gift to you. Find someone to encourage. Type it in the chat or put a hand on someone's shoulder and say, I just want to thank you and honour you for the gift, the role you play in our church because every gift is to be celebrated and not compared. And lastly, spiritual gifts are determined and distributed by the Holy Spirit, but they can be desired and imparted by us. If you look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11, you know, it says, All these are work of one and the same Spirit, and the Spirit distributes them to each one just as He determines. But then, right at the end of that chapter in, in verse 31, it says, Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. You see, we, we're actually told to ask. We're told to desire the, the gifts. It, it's God that will determine. It's the Spirit that will distribute. But there's no reason why we can't ask. I, I tell you, way back when I was starting out in ministry, I genuinely wanted to have the gift of worship leading. I just I, I saw the gift it was to the church. I wanted to be part of it. And so I prayed and I asked God to, Give me the gift of singing and leading people in worship. 
And he chose to never change my voice. And he never determined to distribute that gift to me. At the same time, I actually started having a desire in my heart for the gift of speaking in tongues. And at the time, I got a bunch of high school kids who were youth leaders on my team to lay hands on me and pray. And every time I I came into worship, I didn't sing any better, but I actually started to sing in a different language sometimes. And faith just started to rise up in my heart every time I did it. I don't understand why God determined to distribute one gift to me and not the other. And it probably wasn't the one that I thought would be most useful. But God says every gift is useful. Every gift is to be used. Every gift is to be honoured. Every gift is so important to the body of Christ and to the work of the church in the world. Probably the person I identify with the most in the New Testament is Timothy. Timothy's a young pastor. And I was young once. In a very hostile and hedonistic culture. And he wanted to give up. He wanted to just go and do something simple with his life and not speak up about the gospel. And this is what Paul says to him, 2 Timothy chapter 1. He says, I know there's a gift of faith within you. And he says, for this reason... I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. The spirit that God has given you does not make you timid, but gives you power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed. Do not give up. Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me as prisoner. Rather, he doesn't pull any punches here. Join me in suffering. It's not going to be easy, mate. Join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Fan into flame the gift of God that is within you. It is what I believe God is doing in this season. It's what I believe He wants to do in this place this morning. It's what I believe He wants to do for you online this morning. He wants to fan into flame the gift of God within you. You may have been uninformed. You may be a little unmotivated in the past. You you may have actually walked in very unconfident or you actually know in your heart you've been unfaithful to that, that gift. And Paul, like he says to Timothy, is saying to you, don't give up. Join me in suffering. Fan into flame the gift of God that is within you. And the Spirit of God will give you power, will fill you with love and self-discipline to persevere and not to give up. God is stirring. God is moving. I believe God is calling us to stand before Him and say, God, just fan into flame. Fan into flame the gift of God within me. Will we stand to our feet this morning? I'm going to invite our prayer team, our pastoral team, and a bunch of uh, others we've asked to be part of this today because I believe there's a whole bunch of us here today just need someone to have hands laid on them and pray that the Holy Spirit would come and fill us with power and love. That it would fan into flame the gift of God within us. 
And, and this morning, all you, I'm going to get prayer team, pastoral team, just come out right now. All you need to do this morning is either to come out the front here or just type it in the chat and just say, this is the gift that I believe God wants to fan into flame. It might be a gift you've never used. It might be a gift you've used once in the past. It might be a gift you use all the time. You're just saying, God, I want more of you. I want more of your love, more of your power. And we're just going to lay hands on you and pray. Just type it in the chat, whatever the gift is. Or you, or you might be here this morning and you say, I got no idea what my gift is. Will you just pray for me that God had put desire, passion in my heart to receive a gift from Him and to walk in it confidently? Come on, let me pray. While I'm praying, start coming down the front. If you're hungry for God just to move in your heart and mind, just start coming. Let someone pray for you this morning. Father God, thank you that you're here. Thank you that you promised to send your Holy Spirit. And we just say you're so welcome here, Holy Spirit. Come and move amongst us. Come and stir in our hearts. Would you create desire and hunger and passion for you? God, would you come by your Spirit and give us a new confidence to step out in faith and use the gifts that you've given us. God, where there's unfaithfulness, God, will you convict us and call us to be faithful? Where there's a lack of confidence this morning, God, would you come by your Holy Spirit and give us a confidence not in ourselves, but in your promises. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and stir faith in our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Come on, just start to come. Type in the chat. Line up down the front. Don't wait. Just start to come. Let someone lay hands on you as we sing this simple song, just saying, come, Holy Spirit. Come and move amongst us. Pray that God would impart strength and power to you today. Justice. Oh God, how we need. 
Just keep coming. God is doing something in the hearts and minds this morning. I felt that some of you here this morning that you're actually very nervous about asking that, that God had fanned into flame the gift of pastoring or pastoral care. Because you think that means I've got to be a full-time pastor. It's not true. God, God is calling some of you to pastor in your workplace. He's calling some of you to pastor in your lounge room. And it's a good gift that He wants you to use. There's others of you. And you'd know if you're really honest. You'd like to say, God, would you just stir up in me, fan into flame a gift of teaching, a gift of evangelism. And once again, you're kind of thinking, oh, maybe that means I've got to stand up here with a microphone. It's not true. God is going to call you to teach people, to actually unlock wisdom outside of these walls, which is going to be so important for people as they're raising their kids, as they're working out how to walk in freedom. God is going to use you to, to speak the good news of Jesus outside of these walls, which is so important as where most people need to hear it. I just know God is stirring up some gifts in this place. Some of them are gifts that are lying dormant. And today, you just come to God and say, stir it up in me. God, I want to step into a new season. I've used that gift in the gift in the past, but I want to use it in a new season, and it's going to bring new fruit in a new season. Just keep coming. We're going to stay down here. We're going to stay praying and just crying out for God to stir up within us. You've got no idea what your gift is. Just come. Just come and say, just pray for me. If you're not down here receiving prayer, as we sing this song, start asking God to put a prayer in your heart for someone around you that you can honour and encourage someone with a different gift to you. Come on, let's just... Continue to sing.
prayer is come and fill this place. Fill our hearts with your love, your power, your courage. Fill our minds with your truth. God, this morning, would you just come and deposit your truth in our minds, truth that would set us free to walk in courage, to walk in confidence, to serve you with purpose. God, I do pray for many this morning that there would be a new confidence, a new confidence to walk in the power of your Spirit, to serve in the power of your Spirit, to be a blessing to others. God, I thank you that there's not one person in this room that that you didn't create in your image, but every single one of us was made in your image to be image bearers. We thank you that in the midst of our brokenness that you sent Jesus to come and restore the image of God within us to daily put us back together. God, this morning, as we serve you, would you restore us? As we serve you, would you restore the image of God in others that you truly would be glorified? that your infinite glory would be revealed in the earth as your broken and flawed people simply serve you in the power of your Holy Spirit. Would you send us out to be your hands, your feet, your mouthpiece in Jesus' name. Just while every eye is closed and heads bowed, if you're here this morning, and this is new for you. You're actually not confident in your gift of salvation. You're not sure if something happened in your life right now or if Jesus came again. You're just not sure whether you're right with God. Maybe you've come to church a few times or a lot of times. Maybe you've just been checking out who God is for some time. But, but today... You know you're not right with God. You're not confident that you're saved. I'm just going to ask everyone to close their eyes and just bow their heads for a moment. If you're here this morning and you just say, Jesus, come and forgive my sins. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ in every area of my life. Just while every eyes closed and heads bowed, I'd love to lead you in a prayer, but just just stick your hand up as an act of faith and saying, that's me. I want to pray that prayer today. Bless you. Bless you. Who else today? Just stick your hand up just so I can see it. Bless you. That's good, man. Good, man. You can put your hand down. Anybody else today? If that's you, just, just pray with me this morning. Father God, thank you for your extravagant love for me. I'm sorry for the way that I've sinned against you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. And I ask today that you would forgive me of all of my sins. Come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. And would you give me a confidence in the gift of salvation today? 
I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, hey, can we just put our hands together, just encourage those who prayed that prayer today. Our prayer team are going to stay down here for a little while. I just know there's more of you that need to respond. If you just prayed that prayer, just come and tell someone down the front here. We'd love to help you get going in your relationship with God. If you've got a gift that you just know God's saying, He wants to stir up in you, start to activate it by faith. Just start to come. Let these guys pray for you. Make sure you grab that resource and make sure you talk to the team outside where the two barrels are about different places you can get involved in serving to use your gift. Be blessed. May God fill you with the power of His Spirit. See you next Sunday. We'd love to know what God has been saying to you as you've prayed, come Holy Spirit. You can connect with us at gatewaybaptist.com.au and let us know how Jesus is changing your life.